Good morning, everyone. This is Amy Wensler with the Product Business Show. Welcome, welcome. Um, come on in, grab a coffee, grab a, a pad of paper, a pen, your phone, whatever it is you use to take notes. We're going to go ahead and dive right in this morning. So I see we've got oh people popping in. That's awesome. And I will open up the phone lines for questions in just a little bit here. So if you're new to the Product Business Show, we've been hosting this a while. And my company, Products to Profits, specializes in growing product-based businesses from early stage prototypes or sales into large sustainable businesses. And we also do company turnaround work. So the Product Business Show is our opportunity to get to know you, your project, and to help move you, whether you're a client of ours yet or not. And with that, I am so privileged and honored that we get to work with your creativity and with who you are and what you're up to and your dreams in the world. So thank you and thanks for joining us. So this morning's topic is changing at the right pace. And I've really been thinking a lot about this because there's a couple conflicting thoughts about change and, and a couple realities about change. And in the past few days, a couple people have called me the poster child for achieving goals, right? And I pretty consistently achieve what I set my mind to. They happen to be pretty audacious goals on top of it. And then there is there are some areas where it's harder for me, right? So I was looking at what is the difference. A couple things have come to mind about this, and I'm going to just talk a little bit, and then we'll open up the phone lines and we'll answer questions. And if you have a question specifically for your product, for your business, I'm happy to answer those no matter what area of business they're on for you everything from capital raising on into selling or how to work with your factory, you name it, we'll, we'll take care of you. So this idea of the pace of change, um, there, there are a couple of human tendencies that kind of compete with each other here. And it's kind of intriguing to me that we have this human desire for expansion, right? Like we love to have expansion and we're always dreaming of what's next and what's possible and all of these, right? Like we're, we dream of that. So this idea of expansion is in innate human part of us, right? Like we have no problem around New Year's creating resolutions and here's what's going to be different and here's how I'm going to go for it, right? And then the other human wiring piece is this resistance to change, right? We actually don't like change from a genetic evolutionary um, design standpoint. So we have this, this drive for expansion that's contract, contrasted with a resistance to change, right? So it's kind of like driving with your parking brake on. So the idea of wanting change and wanting something to be different competes directly with our safety mechanisms in our wiring about wanting things to stay the same and predictable because we know how to be in those, right? 
So I was thinking a lot about this because of the time of year and, you know, we've, we've got new goals of our set, you know, all the time, right? But then we have this desire to want to live safely and to have risk be minimized and to make sure that we're okay in the world, which is inherently going to limit the amount of change that we allow, right? So changing at the right pace involves a couple of different skills and awarenesses. One of them is that this um, goal that you have, say, in any area of your life, is going to cause change in other areas, and there's going to be a spillover effect. When you look at this and you go, okay, what do I want? And by when, which is the, the guts of a SMART goal or a SMART objective, meaning that it's specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and time-bound, that's the definition of a SMART goal, you have a spillover effect. So what you declare in one area is going to affect what happens in the other. Easiest example of this is if you decide that you're going to go to the gym three days a week in the evening to improve your fitness, like you want to hit a weight goal or something, right? It's a really common one. What's the possible spillover of that is, well, if you have a family, it's going to impact dinner time. It's going to impact bedtime. It's going to impact your ability to maybe help your kids with your homework, right? The problem with most resolutions is that people don't actually think about this spillover effect and come up with any sort of strategy or have a conversation with the people around them about what they're up to, right? And all of a sudden, you know, like dinner is delayed getting on the table or cut short or, you know, your your child's not getting their homework done or they're not getting to bed on time because you're not there to cause something, right? So the spillover effect is really important to manage and it happens in business too. So say you have a marketing campaign and you really want to start using video in your campaigns. You want to show your factory floor, okay, and the product in production, right? Spillover effect might be that maybe you need to clean up your factory or maybe you need to let people know on the floor what day you're going to come through with a film crew so that they remember it, right? Or um, another spillover effect could be that you know, you've got to let your sales team know when it when that ad campaign is hitting because they need to be prepared for inbound phone calls or for sales conversations starting to mention it and work in coordination. So this idea of spillover is really important and it will help minimize the resistance that gets encountered and the speed bumps and the upsets from going for this new um, objective that you have or this new thing. And the other thing that it does is it helps your brain adjust to the new reality of the change. Kind of an interesting phrase. So thinking through the other areas where your goal is going to have a spillover effect into other areas of your life or business helps your brain absorb the change and play the tape all the way through, as I like to say. 
So it's a really important step to kind of go, okay, well, what else is this going to possibly affect and how do I handle that effect or minimize it? It will help with your wiring. And this goes to the pace of change for a couple key reasons. We have this conflict of wanting change, wanting the growth, wanting the expansion, but wanting safety at the same time. And so what that does is it will create um, cognitive dissonance, is what it's called for, from neuroscience, between where you are now and where you want to go. And everything that you can do to lower the resistance to achieving the new result will speed you up. And I could talk for days on that. Happy to give you some more on it and some practical techniques and tools that can move you more effectively. And these will work inside your business, inside your product, as well as outside in your life in general. Okay, so the the idea of looking at what are all the ramifications is really important. And it will lower the resistance to change because your brain, the human brain, is so amazing, right? That we cannot distinguish between something that we've actually lived through and something we've simply imagined, right? And the thing that lowers fear, which is the core of the resistance to the growth that you've said you want, is what lowers fear is action. And what makes action possible is seeing the what to do and making it safer for us to take the action. Now, at a business level, this involves different teams, potentially. It can involve your investors. It could involve a board of directors. It can take on many, many forms. When you think through this spillover effect and the ramifications and how to handle them, what you're actually doing is giving your brain pre-programming of what that's going to be like, right? So you can set yourself up with your, literally your neurology to become more likely to achieve your goals by thinking this through. Okay, It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It can be you, a whiteboard, pad of paper, done. Um, it doesn't really matter the form so long as you do it because the same effects will bite you in the butt if you don't. Like, for example, on our go to the gym three, day, three evenings a week, if you don't let your family know the change that's coming and all of a sudden you're just not there or you tell them the morning of that, hey, you know, by the way, I'm doing this thing, it's likely to cause an upset and it's likely to cause uh, an energy drag and get you upset, get them upset, or just kind of cause some startled surprise, right? So if you have the conversation ahead of time, you can minimize that or find a way to involve them or find solutions, right? So the pace of change is really important. Now, as much as most of us want change to happen really quickly in our conscious words, what we say we want, we're like, oh my gosh, I want that, that money from that sale to happen, you know, like yesterday, right? Or I want, oh, oh my God, life would be amazing if I could sell X number of units, you know, tomorrow, right? Well, 
there's a reason that things take time in physical space, and sometimes it's because we have to line up the other systems, the other pieces, right? Know that we can produce the order. Know that um, our our systems are going to handle the volume that's coming. And so there is definitely a pacing that happens. And for a lot of change, there's infrastructure you have to build out. Um, classic um, ways of doing this are in a business plan or an executive summary or, you know, like I'm talking about, you know, thinking through that spillover effect. That is um, a way to look at the ramifications and the infrastructure that you need to build, right? So in business, it's called infrastructure. In your personal life, it's called let your family know, let your uh, boss know, let your spouse know, whatever it is, right? Whoever needs to be notified. Or infrastructure in a personal context could be like buy the new gym shoes, right? But in a business context, infrastructure is things like do you have the right phone systems? Um, do you have a phone system? Is there a way to capture email addresses on your website? Um, does your website have the right sales platforms? Do you know how to accept credit card payments? Right? Do you have a system in place for that? So those are all examples of infrastructure in a business. Do you have a salesperson? Do you need one? Um, do you have the right factory? Can you produce it? Does your packaging explain it appropriately? Is actually related to both your sales and your infrastructure. And the reason I say it's related to infrastructure for packaging, if your product is explained well, it will minimize the number of customer service phone calls you get. If your packaging doesn't have good instructions, you're going to get a ton of phone calls returned, and it affects how your team functions. Okay? So the two timelines... I'm going to go over this one little piece, and then I'll take some questions. Um, the two timelines for achieving goals that have me be called the poster child for achieving goals are the goal interval, meaning whatever period of time your, your goal is for, and the daily or weekly and monthly checkpoints. Um, depending on how long your goal is supposed to take, you might want to set up a daily thing. You might want to set up a weekly or a monthly. For example, my business goals, we typically do 12-week years now. So we, we plan in 12-week increments. I have an overarching, here's where we want to be by the end of the year, and then our real day-to-day uh, -day working action-related pieces are planned on a 12-week cycle. And that's because the 12 weeks is long enough to get results and short enough to have us stay pedal to the metal and very intentional, right? You can't really lose a lot of days when you're only working with 12 weeks to produce a result. Um, and daily comes into play if there's like a daily action that needs to happen, a repetitive daily thing. Um, and we also do weekly. So depending on what the goal is, how big it is, and how many people it affects, you'll set it up a little differently. But the timelines come down to the goal interval must be in mind, right? And then 
having the smaller piece that makes sense for whatever that goal is. Um, so some techniques and tools. Accountability calls, um, writing the goal down and posting it visibly. Whether you post it in your computer in something that you look at every day or you post it on the gigantic whiteboard on your wall or you have phone reminders, the ability to see the goal visibly makes a very, very big difference. Um, and you may want to do a vision board for it. Vision boards can be great for thinking through the spillover pieces or what's related to it or what's behind kind of your why for the goal, which can keep you motivated over time. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about a an example of a vision board that I did in December and what it's caused uh, in just a minute if you want. And then habits and routines. Habits and routines are probably your biggest tool for this. And they are also probably your biggest derailer. So um, your habits are the biggest tool because you're going to need to develop some new ones, right? You're going to maybe need to um, make sure that your sales calls happen first thing in the morning or that your prospecting in LinkedIn happens on a consistent basis, right? Um, or the tracking of the goal or the asking the question about, well, how could we, how could we achieve this goal faster um, than we've predicted, right? Um, there's a lot of different ways you can set some habits and routines, and I'm happy to help you with that a little bit if you'd like. They will be your biggest problem because you already have habits that you will need to break. You have habits right now, all of us do that are actually the ones that keep us safe, safe and stuck. So um, they habits are the, the existing habits that you have, have gotten you the results that you have now. And they're in place because some of them are successful strategies and some of them are successful at keeping you safe, which means stuck, which means where you are right now. So your habits and routines will actually be the thing that defines how you achieve the goal in many, many, many cases. So with that, I'm going to open up the phone lines. If anybody's got a question, I see we've got uh, people from around the country have called in. That's awesome. You can press star 2 to raise your hand um, if you want to think through some habits or routines that would help you achieve your goal. And we can talk a little bit about the pace of, the, of change as well. So press star 2 to raise your hand. And let me check our webcast Q&A. One second. Okay, perfect. There is a webcast question. Uh, awesome content. Thank you. I appreciate that. If I have an annual goal of a certain sales number, should I break it down by quarter? Well, if it's a really big goal, yes. If it's a really gigantic number, it's really helpful. You might think about it as you're going to break it down into quarters, and maybe if you're not in sales yet but you're getting into sales, you might want the first quarter to be a smaller number than the rest of them and kind of ramp it up so that you can get an early win for yourself. Um, it depends on where you are in relationship to the goal, right? 
I'm a big fan of breaking it down a bit because I think that a year-long goal is soon forgotten, especially if you don't write it down, especially if you're not looking at it every day or every week and on a consistent basis. If there's a really big, audacious, juicy goal, it's best practice to write it somewhere you'll see it. You could put it on your computer screensaver, bathroom mirror works, wall of your office, and you want to be curious about how you can achieve it. So asking questions like, okay, well, if that were true, what would need to be in place? So sometimes you can turn it around and come from, if the goal was already done, what would your business look like and what would be in place? Does that make sense? Um, you could type a, a question in if that's if you need a little bit more about it. This idea of closing your eyes, meditating a little bit, and going, okay, if the goal had already happened, what would be in place can be a really good tool for figuring out the action steps that will get you to the goal, right? For example, I have a goal right now for by the end of June for us to have three marketing partners in place. And, you know, there's a very strategic reason and we know the upside of it and all those things. So for this, one of the things that I did was I um, got quiet and I said, okay, if we had three marketing partners, how would it work and what would we need to support those partners, right? Okay, well, we would need marketing email that, that they can springboard from, right, some templated emails. So that's one thing that needs to be done. Um, the other things that we would need is we'd need to know who to talk to about it, right? Like we'd need a list. We would also need to um, have some sort of structure or formalized agreement of what that looks like. So we need to create that. And you can kind of, you can go down through. And I see some of the people that are listening today. So I know your businesses. And if you are... Going for a juicy, audacious goal, even if it's, you know, have your factory product ready, then you can do it this way. You could go, okay, if it was really ready to sell, what would be in place? And we work with clients on this kind of work all the time. So we're happy to help you. If you're a client, you can set up a meeting and we'll do this with you. If you're on the phone line, press star 2 to raise your hand. Um, let me check our Q&A again. Okay, awesome. So there's a follow-up question in the the Q&A about, oh, that's a great technique about visualizing. That one is a really, really good one because you can actually um, think through what does it look like and feel like if the goal has already happened. And then that can guide you to designing what's around you and the environment for success. That's one of the biggest factors in breaking your old habits is designing an environment for success. So um, that to me looks like, um, you know, it, it can be so many different things depending on the goal. So for us, um, one of the things is making clear decisions about what we will participate in and what we won't. 
um, we recently launched our product mastermind group and it's a group program and we are really um, actively engaged in, in achieving goals with people and we did that so that we can focus on some of the packaging projects that we have going um, I see Mike McClosevic's in here so um, his is one of the projects that's it's on my desk for the day, um, and so that we can engage differently. So this group program is a combination of accountability and input and next action steps and, you know, group momentum, and it's, it's been extremely effective and, and fun. So when you're looking at this, I want you to think through what does it look like if the change that you wanted has already happened? And then anything that is around you that isn't supportive of that, at some point you're going to have to make the decision how committed are you to your goal versus that thing that you have around you or that action that you're, you've been taking because it's comfortable, it's, it's there, and it's mindless, right? So the, the pace of change can also affect your product line. Um, someone's typed a question in here, uh, Q&A. Okay, so product line changes. Um, product line changes being introduced really fast can be a problem. Um, I, in my email from yesterday, I talked about MoviePass. MoviePass is a company that has gone through massive, massive changes trying to get their business model right and their financials correct. And so they've been changing the subscriber plan right and left, and I don't even know what it is anymore. We are, we're MoviePass subscribers. We're not going to be renewing because, frankly, it's confusing. We haven't been able to use it, since, you know, in a few months and whatever. So they've changed so much so fast and so many times that they've confused everybody. We're not the only ones. Movie theaters are upset. Movie studios are basically just exasperated. Um, so when you are working in a physical product space, you're probably going to look at no more than annual changes to your product. Um, most most product that is not technical or software related changes slower than a software does. Software, we've all seen the multiple versions that come out that are bug fixes and iterations. That's appropriate, but if you are in a physical product and you try to change your product continuously, you're going to really frustrate your factory, you're probably going to end up with quality control problems, and it's going to be very expensive. Um, your tooling changing, like a lot of times, is really expensive. So you do want to slow down the iterations if you've been doing them continuously. You know, six changes in six months is too much on a product that's mature. If it's in its prototype stage and you're making changes because you're getting your prototype right and you're pre-production, that's different, okay? But if you're in the market and you're selling, you do a lot of changes really quickly, you want to manage it, in, in my opinion. Um, it can create a lot of excitement if you do it well, and it can create a lot of confusion if you do it poorly, okay? So... There you go. There's the piece about that. And let me see. Great. You know what? I, I'm seeing we still have people uh, here listening. And if you have a question, you can press star 2 to raise your hand. And it looks like mostly the webcast 
is where questions are coming today. So hold on. Let me go back over there. Perfect. So um, I'm seeing a comment in the webcast. Thank you. That was perfect. And I love the part about seeing the change before it's happened. Yep. It will really, really help you. So um, you can definitely take a look at it that way. With that, everybody, since uh, the phone line uh, is clear for questions and, and we've got a fabulous day planned, we're filming some new content in the next few days. Today is a day to work on packaging projects and uh, cause a lot of uh, really uh, interesting results and fun things over there. So with that, have a wonderful week. Make sure that you're choosing intentionally what the habits are that you're going to fuel and choose the ones that are going to pace your change in a sustainable way. Okay, Changing too fast means that um, you can burn out and changing in a good pace keeps you excited enough and engaged enough with the process to get in a momentum, to have velocity to, to it. And you'd be surprised by how quickly the changes that you make every day add up to a massive change inside your business in a month to, to two months to three months. Look at maybe using a 12-week timeline um, and being very strategic about what you're doing, okay? Look at the spillover effect of the of the goal, too. Oh, I see we've got uh, someone who's got a question on the phone line before we get going. I think this might be Mike. Mike, is that you? Yes, it is. Hi, Amy. <gasps> hey there. Hi. I'm back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your question today, Mike? Well, I've got a, I've got a general question. Um, I, I recently changed my uh, the construction of my product, and, mm-hmm. and I was wondering uh, what the logistics are as far as manufacturing. I know I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at at a vendor, and I'm going to be asking them to modify his existing product for my, my benefit. Right. Uh, what happens if, if maybe uh, he won't be able to assemble uh, the way I want? Do I have to get a warehouse somewhere and hire a bunch of people to assemble this, and then do I ship from the warehouse from there? I mean, what are the logistics? Because obviously I can't I can't do five hundred or a thousand in my garage right. anymore. Right, so and you wouldn't wonder. want to. Yeah, but no. So, so if you are working with a vendor and they're selling a finished product that you're going to incorporate into one, um, frequently there is an assembly house that you can use, and many warehouses will assemble products for you, right? If you need something like a slot cut in something or, you know, a little bit of machining, then that's different. So I think on yours we need a slot cut is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, a slot and a couple of holes, that's about it. Right. So that's usually a machine shop. Um, if If the factory won't do it, Right, like if they go, no, this is what we make, we're only making what we make, and we don't want to do any special work, then um, you can buy it from them before the work is done and ship it to a, a machine shop or a factory that will do that work and the assembly for you. Um, most times factories will go, well, why are you having that done? And they might charge you a little bit of an upcharge to do the work, Right. Um, it depends on if the person you're talking to is the actual factory 
or are they buying the product in from somewhere themselves too? Okay. Yeah. The new handle, I think, is what we're talking about, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. So in that case, um, the company that the handle is being purchased from may be the actual manufacturing company or it may be someone who buys it in already made. Yeah, I think so, there's somebody already in. Uh, I was looking to actually contact the manufacturer itself, uh, the sales department, to see if I can maybe uh, sell my idea to them. Uh, and I can get a quote on, uh, you know, per piece, per, per unit. Right, right. That's that's a great place to start with it. And um, that shouldn't take a huge amount of time either. You should be able to get an answer about whether they're willing to do that within the next seven to ten days. Right, yes. I, I just want to try to be as persuasive as possible. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. And uh, you're good at it. Yeah, well, I don't want to go anywhere else. This would be, make it easier for me, but it puts more more money in their pocket as well. Right, right. And so are you going to keep it in the three pieces? Yes, I do the believe handle? that that would be a – yes, yes. Perfect, perfect. For everybody who's listening, uh, Mike and I are working on his packaging together, so I happen to know the product really well. And that was actually a, a question that I needed an, an answer to for today. <laughs> So that's perfect. And, yeah, the the speed of of how quickly they get back to you should be 7 to 10 days, assuming that they're not in the process of closing down for Chinese New Year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Didn't think yeah. about that. Chinese, Chinese New Year officially is, I think, the – yeah, it's February 5th, but a lot of Chinese factories will start closing basically this week to give their staff time to get home for the holiday, for everybody's sake, not whether you're producing in the U.S. or in China or things. It's just something to be aware of. And the other thing I want to mention for everybody, Mike, not just you here, is there is a large holdup of product coming through the ports in customs, and it doesn't seem to be um, specific to any country. It's the U.S. ports because of the government shutdown. There's backlogs. We have clients with product stuck. And until the government shutdown clears, we do not know when it will be coming through. So everybody be aware. Um, but I think for this, I'd expect seven to ten days for an answer from that company. Cool. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, and um, it sounds like you've had a little bit of a cold. Get healthy. Yeah, yeah, I'm just getting over the flu, so uh, well, like I said, we're coming back to life here. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, um, I'm going to put your line on mute for your privacy, okay, Mike? Alrighty. Thank you. Okay. Feel better. Bye for now. So, everybody, when you are looking at timing of things, um, the the product plan training that we have is a really good way to pace out your project and figure out how long certain pieces should be taking and that is available if you if you want to invest in that um, it's it's a really really good training and it's about three hours long 
um, and it's recorded so you can do it at your own pace. It's got some really great planning tools along with it. Um, we did include that as a bonus for everybody who's in the product mastermind with us. The mastermind has a couple more spaces. It's just started last week, and it is a three-month commitment, and people in it are loving it. So um, my closest, closest example to it is when people have asked me why would they want to be in a group if they're doing private work with us or not, and it comes down to this. There are certain actions in your business you need to do yourself. And there's other things where even just being around like-minded people will put energy behind you. Classic way I explained it to everybody when we were talking to them about it is when you decide to go to the gym, you have to put on your own sneakers, right? You've got you to gotta do that yourself. And you've got to get yourself out the door and into the car and on the road. Right, But by the time you get there and you look around and the person to the left of you is exercising and the person to the right of you is exercising, your brain goes, oh, I guess the people here like me exercise, right? Like I'm here, everybody's exercising, so I'm supposed to exercise. And it creates momentum. So that's actually what the product mastermind is doing for people. It's creating a momentum as well as accountability. And we've been assigning next actions for them in each of their projects and each of their goals. And so there's much more collaboration. And they're also um, getting to know other projects. And one of the big benefits, a spillover effect, has been that because everybody's got different projects, um, two of them are in the same industry, not competing, and they're actually helping each other with a, with a few things. Some other people have said one, what they're enjoying the most is they get to hear how other people are solving a problem or what um, they should do once they get past this hump because somebody else in the group is working on it. Um, and so group dynamics can be massively effective when they're moderated like this. And we're really, really excited about it. If you want to talk about joining that group, just contact us. You can give me a call today, 626-709-3840. Again, 626-709-3840. And we'll have a conversation to make sure that it's the right fit for you. Um, this is a paid mastermind. It's for people that want something to really be different and they're committed and they're action takers. If your product is a good idea for you and you're not taking action on it and, you know, you kind of want to just hang out, totally cool. We love you. This would not be the group for you, okay? This is for people that are in action, moving the product forward, that want to do something really cool in the next 90 days, okay? So I'm really excited, and it's it's really, really been a fabulous time talking with you today and hearing about what you're up to. The statistics say that 80% of New Year's resolutions will fall apart by the second week of February. 80% will fall apart. The people that are around us and that are privy to how I manage myself and set myself up for achieving what I want and achieving goals and bringing other people along with me 
they get to look into how that gets set up. And it's not done from a big piece of efforting. It's done with grace and with ease and with partnership and collaboration. That's what you want in a goal, right? This isn't about you efforting your way in. This is about doing it with grace and peace and joy and having it be more fun and lighter and having the goal happen in more miraculous ways than you can imagine for yourself. Okay? So if if all of that sounds good to you, I'd love to talk to you. The Product Mastermind Group could be a really good fit, and we have other ways that we can serve you as well. With that, everybody, have a wonderful start to your 2019. We will be back in two weeks. I'm supremely excited. On February 4th, we have a guest for our next episode, Mike Eugenio, and Mike is with a company that their software has been improving the sales for products from about 156% to 300% improvement in sales. And he's going to be talking about e-commerce and some of the changes and trends that are coming there um, and what you can do to capitalize on them. So please tune in on February 4th. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, it'll be the episode right after the one that you're listening to right now. For anybody who wants to listen to previous episodes, we have the podcast up. You can catch it on iTunes as well as on uh, Google Play. So we're available in both Apple products and Android products. With that, thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll talk to everybody soon. Bye for now.